Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to On the Line. It is Tuesday, June 6th. I'm Olivia Panay, and I'm joined with Corey Mall and Ashley Titians, and they'll be joining me in just a moment. On today's show, we're going to start a special segment of Live and Learn. We're going to have more conversation about Shanti Jackson's record-breaking performance over the weekend in the 100 meters. It was also an historic night at the Festival of Miles, so we'll break that down. We'll break down some big results as well, dive into the NCAA championships because they're in Austin, Texas, and Ashley and I will be there on the ground watching everything, working with Flow Track, and then also the New York State Championships are this weekend. So without further ado, I am super excited for our Live and Learn segment. We're going to have Hannah Cunliffe joining us today, who is the 2017 Indoor NCAA Champion in the 60 Meters. And Hannah, I'm just super excited to have you joining me. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. So Hannah, I know our fans are super curious about how you got started in the sport. So when did that kind of get started for you? So I was like, well, I was a fast crawler. So my dad always told me like they would lose me in the house. And then at the age of like five and six, he would take me out um, and just race random people in the street. And um, when I was eight, I had a sister who was born premature. And so for me to stay distracted because we were going to the hospital every day, my dad decided to sign me up for track. And um, I was eight years old and I've been running ever since. So it's been um, 19 years now. Wow, that is remarkable. And you've just had an extraordinary career. Just I want to reflect back uh, a couple years ago, literally, I think it was 11 years ago, you competed for the US at the IAAF World Championships a decade ago, actually, and you were competing in the 200 meters in Ukraine, you just missed the podium at the finish when you finished fourth overall with the 2344, which was your personal best at that time. Just talk to me about what it was like competing at that national level at the age that you were at at the time? It was super exciting. Um, obviously, it was my end goal for that year. I wanted to make the team, and um, I worked really hard that year to make it. And just to be able to, obviously, that was the first USA team I made, and to be able to have that experience was huge. I was on there with a bunch of friends that I'm still close to to this day. Um, and, yeah, it was just overall, overall the championship experience is professional, you know, they put you up in good hotels, you're fed well, and it's serious. Like, you don't, we didn't have, you know, we weren't leaving the hotel and having fun. We were going to practice, coming back to the hotel, hanging out, and getting ready for the race. And um, 
obviously an experience I'll never forget. Now, I want to shift gears. I want to talk about your sister, and there's a reason why we're talking about that, because she was a standout pole vaulter, and you and her have left y'all's marks in the state of Washington, especially at the high school level. So what was it like growing up with your sister, who was also involved in the same sport as you? I mean, it was good. We're both, like, very competitive. Definitely both have an edge to us. We're a little, you know, a little crazy. <laughs> but it was good to have a sister that was competitive. And my brother, the same thing. We all pushed each other. My dad always had that environment, even if it was a sport that we didn't really like. You know, it was just something that we we always, he just always pushed us. Hey, like, you don't have to be the best in it, but just keep pushing, working hard, and you'll achieve your goals. And having a sister who was competitive and went pro out of high school, which is obviously an amazing accomplishment. Um, it's huge. And obviously it benefited everybody in the family as well. Yes. And I'm happy that you, you mentioned that too. We'll kind of dive into that in a moment, but back in 2019, your sister, like you said, broke the national record. She went 14, eight at the Arcadia invitational. What do you remember about that moment? Were you there and just kind of like, what was it like seeing your sister break a national high school record in the pole vault? Well, like, unfortunately, when she was started pole vaulting, I was in college, so I didn't oh, I even see, get yeah. to see her compete um, until Milrose Games. We were both professional. That was my first time seeing her pole vault live. Wow. So my mom always had to send me videos because I was in, you know, running at Oregon and in season, and then I was always doing summer school. So I, I, yeah, the first time I saw her compete was, uh, I think it was 2019. Wow. 20, it was, tw- yeah, 2019 or 2018, I believe. Um so, yeah, and that was, like, obviously surreal because we were both competing there. And, um, yeah, it was cool to actually see her do well in person wow. instead of video. That's amazing. <laughs> That's super fantastic. You you ladies are just so talented. And then since then, I, I know we were talking a little bit off air, but since then the national record has been broken every single year. I told you your sister kind of created that wave of like breaking the, the national high school record in the pole vault. So you, you also know of Hannah Mall, who competes at Capitol High School right now in Washington. She owns the record now at 15 feet and her twin Amanda cleared 15 one and a half during the indoor season season wow. so what are your thoughts on the progression of the pole vault over the years especially on the girls side I mean that's huge I, I think it's great once one person breaks a record and it's just a, a wave and it's probably it's nice to have a home you know someone from your own hometown beat it that's how I felt when I you know my collegiate record got beaten by a girl from Oregon I was like okay I'd rather it be someone that I know or you know what I mean yes, um, yes. and so yeah it's good like Washington State we seem to be on the rise with, you know, a little bit of sprinting and pole vault for sure. And so it's, it's huge. I'm happy for those ladies and I hope they keep, um, keep breaking records. Yeah. It's almost like keeping it in house. You're like, okay, it's cool. We have something similar that we can relate on. So I think that's also super spectacular. Now I told you what separates our podcast from a lot of things out there is we do have your, your biggest fans essentially sending in questions. And so there are a couple of them that I just want to highlight because I think it's just so important to touch on it. Now that you're a professional sprinter, I know you have faced, and even like you just mentioned, you faced a lot of obstacles in your career. I feel like there's always going to be challenges when it comes to our sport. So Hurley97 submitted this question to us, and they asked, what is the what was the hardest transition from running college to running professionally? That's a really good question. Um, college, your day is planned out for you. You've got tutoring classes, training, 
starting what well, we had weights at 6 45 a.m all the way up i had a tutoring session until 8 p.m so it's like your whole day is scheduled you got free treatment you have they give you vitamins you know they uh food so everything is kind of laid out for you your schedule is busy but everything's laid out for you and i say as a professional you have to do everything yourself you have to have the self-discipline you have to remember to take your vitamins eat well recover everything like it's all on you so I, I the self-accountability as a professional is way higher than collegiately and I think that was the biggest transition is like having all that free time during the day because you don't have school anymore so how do you fill that up productively instead of you know going out and doing something that could harm you or you know not help your recovery from training stuff like that mm-hmm I love that. I love that perspective of it because like you said, you're just so used to having your schedule pretty much laid out now as a professional. It's like, okay, you're a grown adult at this point and you got to make the decisions that are best for you. So sometimes that could be something hard to kind of juggle with. There was another individual that sent in a question. Lashanti asked, how did you deal with setbacks, mental blocks, staying positive and being mentally well. I know this is a jam-packed question. So how do you just kind of juggle all of the emotions that come with track and field? You you have to believe in yourself before anyone else can. So just self-affirmations and talking to yourself like, hey, you got it. I believe in you. You know, you're number one in the world. Just positive self-talk. I think that was um, one of the biggest things that helped me because my first year pro was probably one of the darkest moments in my career. And um, just having support and people who are around that were helping me and and being positive probably helped me the most and my faith as well. Hannah, I love what you just said. You have to believe in yourself before anybody else can. That just literally gave me goosebumps and I'm getting goosebumps just saying it out loud again. That is so important. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, that like this sport is so hard because it's, yeah, it could be a team sport, but it's also individual as well. But the fact that you have to believe in yourself that you can do it first before everybody else can agree with you, right? So I think that's so amazing that you recognize that and that you just carry that with you. And I'm so happy you just share that with us. So- Recently, actually, you competed at the American Track League and you dropped something on your Instagram story that everyone just kind of like picked up on (laughs) and you're now going to be representing Italy. So what was your decision behind making that switch? And I know like you've competed for the U.S. earlier, so I can only imagine how difficult or I don't even know how difficult it was for you to make that decision. But just kind of like what led you to make that decision and how difficult or easy was it for you to just kind of make that decision after just an amazing career that you have? Well, earlier on in my career, like it was like 2016, there was a lot of articles going out that I was going to compete for Italy. Mm. Um, but I had never, you know, submitted anything or tried to switch allegiances. And then um, I think it was 2021. So it's been about two years. I've been waiting for everything. Wow. To really? So, yeah, it's been a long time. So I just wow. kind of stayed quiet about it. Yeah. Um, you know, just as far as support that other countries have, I'm not trying to bash USA, but they just have a better support system and understanding of track and field. Um, and being a star of a of a country, I think, is huge. So why not take that opportunity? I love that. Wow. The fact 2021, I'm like, it is 2023. And I feel like yeah. everyone has been like, wait. <laughs> Hannah Cunliffe, just like, she's represented Italy now. Like, everyone just kind of 
like I've seen it all over social media too of just like Hannah Cunliffe has made the change but we're super excited for you and I feel like whatever makes you happy and is going to help you you know get to your dreams and be successful I'm all in support of that so Hannah before I let you go I have a couple of questions that were submitted by your mouse split fans that are really fun so kind of off topic a little bit so we're going to Bring this okay. to BMG Cam. They submitted this one first. Did anyone from the football team ever take you on a 40-yard challenge? That's a great question. <laughs> I feel like you've been asked multiple no. times, but have you actually done it? I never did it. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to set one up when I was in college. I think me and uh, Deja Stevens had talked about going against Devin Allen before. Um, oh. and we were all pretty close friends, you know what I mean? So yes. it was just a little challenge, but obviously, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, that is something I want to do. I want to see what my 40 time is. That's so I think in off season, if there's like a time to set it up or, um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to get it timed. Okay. If I'm you get curious, it timed. like, how can we hang, how can girls hang with, you know, NFL people in the 40 yard dash? I think that's. It'd be interesting. <laughs> hey, when you when you get this clocked, let me know because I would love to know what your 40-yard time is. I think that's amazing. <laughs> All right, next question that was submitted in. If you weren't a short sprinter, what event would you do? Honestly, long jump. Okay. I can see you long jumping. I long jumping. jumped. Um, yeah, I, I did it up to a couple nationals I think when I was 10 I always got like top three second or third so um that would probably be my next event I always liked the long jump it just always took your legs for the 100 and 200 awesome so yeah, that's, that's why kind of your legs are just super heavy after that <laughs> yeah so true but I can definitely see you long jumping all right final question from our fans and I love this question, too. You've been giving us some great advice. What advice would you give college freshmen who are running track right now? Listen to your coach. I feel like freshman year, you're kind of like figuring yourself out and what you want to do. And I think listen to your coach, what, what times he has set for you. Pay attention to detail. Um, and And don't get caught up in like the team, like, college track is you know they make it about the team which it is but be more focused on yourself and what you can how you can better yourself and and not be worried about everyone else around you um and yeah just stay focused like you know have your fun but don't, don't go extreme mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of people kind of fall off or add a little bit of you know freshman 15 or 10 or whatever they call it <laughs> But yeah, just uh, just stay focused on you and and have your goals and don't let anyone or anything get in the way. Have a close relationship with your coach, you know. Get to know the trainers. Like just open up a little bit. I feel like I was kind of reserved and nervous because um, I went to Oklahoma first and then went to Oregon. I was just you know figuring things out, kind of being reserved. Like don't be afraid to speak up and ask questions and yeah, just all around better yourself <laughs> i love that in every way i love that hannah final question for you because obviously ncaa's are taking place this week in austin i'm currently in austin texas so i'm excited to see all the matchups so what race are you looking forward to watching and why i'm curious on this one honestly the men's 200 Ooh. i don't know why um but that 
I've been watching that for a few years and, and watching it. Um, I watched the SECs mm-hmm. and I feel like we're going to have a few people that we didn't really expect to get to do well to get top three. At least that's my prediction. Ooh, interesting. I love that pick. I know we're going to be diving into all the action, too, on the NCAA championships as well, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. So, Hannah, thank you so much for your time today. We are super excited for you and what is to come as you take on the the new – I don't want to even say new because you've been you know running for Italy for the last two years, but I feel like it's new to us. So wishing you all the best <laughs> as you just continue your track career and also staying healthy as well. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of On the Line. Today we're starting conversation around Shanti Jackson's historic 100 meter national record. We'll go into a historic night of Festival of Miles last week. We'll break down a weekend of, of big results and action. Then we'll dig into the NCAA championships, which are coming up this week in Austin, Texas, and finish off with the New York State Championships, as always. Let's start. First, with Shanti Jackson, the South Granville High School graduate, broke the high school national record in the 100-meter dash this weekend in Nashville, clocking a time of 10.89 seconds uh, at the Music City Track Carnival. That's amazing. That's a new national record. Olivia, let's start with you. What an unbelievable performance we saw from Shanti Jackson over this weekend. And I know we, we've seen her been training really hard. She was coming off her North Carolina State Championships, really put everything together from all the sprints. But here I felt like this was Shanti's moment. She was lined up in this professional field. She also had Adeja Hodge from Mount Verde Academy, who's been putting a lot of great races together, lined up in this 100 meters, 11-18 in the prelims. So she did a fantastic job there. But the fact that in the final, you guys, like she blew away the field of professional athletes and ran a 1089 with a plus 0.9 win for not only the victory, but also breaking that record as well. And she became the third girl in high school history to break 11 seconds in the 100 meters. Brianna Williams had the previous record of 1094. Candace Hill was really close to that with a 1098. But the fact that Shanti Jackson ran the sixth fastest time, not in high school, not the country, but in the world this year. That is just remarkable to even think about. And that's a US U-20 number four all-time performance. And the fact that even Adeja Hodge ran well with an 11-20 to finish seventh really just speaks volumes of just where we are at right now when it comes to high school sprinting. But Shanti Jackson really just lit a fire. I was completely blown away by her performance this weekend. Yeah, the perspective, 11-20 to 11-8-9. 11-20 is good. 10-8-9, that much better. Ashley, let's go to you on this. Yeah, again, just complete. I don't know if shock is the right word because I always think Shanti Jackson, she's such an elite runner. But I know we were all talking about it right when it happened. We were like, oh, my gosh, what did we just see happen? And, you know, I'm also, you know, looking a little bit more into this progression of Shanti Jackson in the 100 this season in finals at competitions. She's gone 1177, 1133, and now 1089. So that's a huge jump there. Nice progression there. So she's really... You know, it's June. She's hitting the mark when she really wants to in these big, high-profile meets. And again, the fact that she's just a high schooler and she's ranked among the top six in the entire world, I think that just shows how elite of an athlete is. And so now, you know, just looking at Jackson's resume as a whole, as a high schooler, she owns a slew of national records. She got the indoor 300 meters, the indoor, you know, 55, 60 meters there. And so now she adds the 100 meters outdoors to that resume of hers. And so 
you know, now the question for me is, you know, looking ahead, what does she really try to focus on? You know, she's going to have, I believe, Brooks, New Balance and U20s coming up this summer. And I'll be curious to see, you know, is she going to stick to the 100 or is she maybe going to go back up to that too in the potentially the 400 as well? So I think that that's also something we should have on our radar too. Yeah, all good questions. You know, looking at it, you know, running with pros isn't new. Shanti's done right. that since her sophomore season. Right. But I think here, being able to pivot as she did, you know, originally this was scheduled to be a high school girls race. Originally this had Mia Bar-Pedipson, Adeja Hodge, and then Mia dropped out. She's able to pivot. Obviously it gets moved to a women's race. You know, going through some of that, that I think uh, just chaos in some ways uh, and being able to still flourish says a lot about her attitude and her focus into it. And I think 1089 in many ways is like the ace that she's been looking for mm-hmm. indoor season. You know, obviously she broke 23 a couple of times. Very, very good, but it's a weird year in that we have exceptional girls yes. ar- yeah. across the country. So, mm-hmm. you know, in a normal year, it just would have been Shanti Jackson's year, but you know, she has the, the benefit of, of riches this year. So she needed that ace and she got the ace with a 10, eight, nine. If you look at her, her resume right now, Hard to argue against it. 10-8-9, 22-7, When we're looking at the miles but 50 rankings, I need to break bring this up. You know, you need the ace. And right now, I think she's kind of set herself up for yeah. that number one ranking. Now, as Ashley pointed out, Brooks PR is next week. New Balance is after that. We cut off the miles but 50 rankings after New Balance. We're not waiting until July to to wait if more performances go down. We're not waiting till Worlds. We're ending it after New Balance. Right. Shanti's at New Balance, Mia's at Nike. Mm-hmm. Those two are running at Brooks PR right. this next week. So I think there are a lot of stakes that go into that race. Now, if Mia beats Shanti, that's one thing, but I think somebody has to run faster than her. I think Shanti's kind of locked in. 10.89 is the mark. So what are the stakes as we look into even next week at Brooks PR, these two facing off the best that we've ever seen? I, I do need to toss it to Olivia. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question because if we're solely looking at like the mile split 50 rankings as a whole, right, there's a lot of things that are taken into consideration. There is the IAA of scoring and like where that's ranked. You're also looking at head-to-head matchups. You're looking at the time, the performances. Like there's a lot of things that go into these rankings. So the fact that now we're, we're looking ahead and we're thinking Brooks PR, we're about to have the top girls in the nation at the high school level lining up. That has a lot at stake, right? Because now it's not just like, hey, I ran a certain time. It's like, how do you run certain times against an elite field, against the best of the best, right? Like if you just think about national meet, no one cares about what times you ran leading into nationals. When you're on that line, It's who runs away with that gold medal. That's what people remember, right? And of course, people do remember those big performances, but people are going to remember, hey, this person against this elite field, you know, beat them head to head. So I think this is going to be really exciting to see as we, you know, go into this next week, the preparation that these ladies are going to put into at practice. It's going to be, I'm really excited for next week. Just, just throwing that out there. Ashley, any other thoughts on this? Again, I think Olivia put it right. I'm just really curious to see what happens when they actually toe the line against each other, Mm -hmm. how fast they're going to go. I know that's something we really want to see. And again, lots of things taken into consideration with the miles, but 50. So we'll just have to see how it shakes out. Yeah. And this whole idea of iron sharpens iron, you you get no better than that with these two facing off. Just one brief mention on the indoor season. Before New Balance Nationals Indoor, it was 
pretty much Shanti's season. That that she had done enough, I think, to be the number one. But you know, the reason why Deja got it is because she did something that we had never seen before. So I think ultimately Shanti has it locked down unless we see something dramatic again. And what if it's Shanti this time? I know she's highly motivated. I know this this is where that came from. So I think just the, the setup, the stakes, it's it's really leaning into something special at Brooks PR. Let's move into the Festival of Miles, which took place on uh, Thursday of last week. It was a historic night. Four athletes, four, count them four, broke four minutes in the mile in that race. Uh, Tonota Matsada became the first black athlete to break four all time in high school history, which is huge. Um, all kinds of records went down, though, in that mile, and we're going to move to a couple different storylines with this. Ashley, let's push it to you first. Yeah, first let's talk about that big number four there. Four guys, sub four, in a single high school only boys race. I know we were all watching this race, and I was like going crazy watching this, seeing all four of those guys come in there. You have Simeon Birnbaum, Rocky Hansen, Tenota Matsatsa, and Jackson Heidish. They go all go under four minutes there, um, you know, at Hoka Festival of Miles, which... I believe that, you know, that's the most sub four high schoolers we've ever seen in a single race before. You know, last year in the pro field at Hoka Festival of Miles, we saw both Gary Martin and Connor Burns go under four minutes. But, I mean, this is something special. Again, think about this. This was only high schoolers, only teenagers, no pros. I mean, you had, um, you know, a pro rabbit out there, you know, stringing out the field and pacing the way for a little bit. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it was all teenagers racing against each other and he put four under four. Like, that's just incredible. Again, something that's unprecedented and something like we haven't seen before. And I think that may be something that's gone slightly under the radar a bit, you know? Like, maybe maybe it's because, at, at least at the collegiate level, sub four maybe isn't seen as something that is as incredible as it used to be. But again, we're talking about teenagers, high schoolers. They haven't even gone to college yet. And so if you have four in the same race, that's pretty special. And... You know, I think we watched history in the making on Thursday. That pacer, Eric Sawinski, the world's best pacer, I yes, think we should, I, yes. I should point out. They got yes. the world's best pacer to pace a high school mile here. Olivia. Yes, I, I agree with everything of what Ashley mentioned. Like, the fact that I, I still feel like this is relevant. I still feel like the fact that high school boys are breaking four minutes in miles, that is a huge accomplishment. I don't care what anyone else says <laughs> out there in the public. You can, you know, put it all on social media like, hey, it's not that big. Of, it's huge. This is remarkable. And Ashley kind of touched on it. And as Corey mentioned, this was an historic moment for a lot of these athletes. But I want to shift and focus on Tenota for this moment here. There have been a handful of boys, 19 boys for outdoor history, have broken four minutes in the mile. And the fact that Tenota, who finished third overall, became the first black boy to do this. And I think that's so, just looking at just the line of athletes that have done that, and the fact that Tenota now is part of that history-making performance. There are so many young boys out there who identify themselves as boys of color can now look up to someone and be like, hey, Tenota was the first person to do this. I want to follow in Tenota's footsteps. And the fact that he ran a 358.70, which is the seventh fastest time in high school history, is absolutely remarkable. And I just want to really just talk about his progression really quickly. Like, this is the first year outdoors. And again, he has run 1,600 meters. But this is the first year he's actually ran the mile. 413 to 405 and then dropped it down to a 358. So this guy has just been hammering away at this distance. So I'm just so impressed with Tenota. We've all mentioned that we are such... Huge Tenota fans here at Mile Split, and the fact that he just made history was just remarkable. And and one more thing too, I think 
you know, to note of this, first black American high schooler mm-hmm. in in 19. Obviously, you know, four guys broke it, so that yeah. puts the list up to 20, but he, mm-hmm. he was, you know, third. Jackson was fourth. So he's the first black athlete in 19 occurrences, right? Mm-hmm. That The percentages there are really, really low. Yeah. So... Hopefully, this opens the door for other athletes like him mm-hmm. uh, to, to to think that it's possible. We've had a lot of you know black and African American athletes who have been good runners, but right. four is the threshold that you know it, it's the barrier mm-hmm. that that everyone reaches for, yeah. and I, I think this obviously um, creates something different uh, from this point forward. A couple of extra notes here: Rocky Hansen broke four for the second time this season. Little under the radar, I think he is, and maybe not by. Ashley standards, but Rocky is a little underrated, I think. And to break four twice in a season, I mean, that's that's very, very good. Simeon Birnbaum won the race, fourth best time all time. Uh, he is a guy that knows how to win in a big race. I think he has kind of set himself up as, as a legendary character after he gets out of high school. And I'm curious what your all your thoughts on this are. But 357 this point of the season, I'm sure he's got at least one more mile in him. I know the conversation around that one was, could we break Allen Webb's record? I think the next one, they might be closer to Allen Webb's record, especially for Simeon. Can Simeon, with that 357, potentially dip even more? Could he go after Allen Webb on the next case? Ashley, do you think so or no? Are you out of that? Oh, I don't know. Like, I, I think <laughs> I was think it, it was, so. I was, I want to say yes on this. I mean, I think they can go after it, but I think I, what did I say? Was it last show where I said I don't think that record's going to be touched yes. for the next twenty years? We literally it's, had this conversation so, last show. But, it, <laughs> but it's it's progress, though. You're not yeah. going to think that like he comes into this after breaking going 359 last year and he's going to go all of a sudden 353 but he's now at 357 I mean, right so that progression? it's all about saying, progression yeah. i just want to make sure i'm hearing you correctly are you saying that alan webb's record could be broken this year is that I, what you're saying I, I think if he has at least one more effort or maybe even two yes because it is about progress racing is about progress each time out it depends on who you race it depends on conditions and stuff like that but he is showing progress and i think you know it's not going to happen with one race right he needs more racing to get there he needs more people to he maybe needs another pacer he might need another crazy pro field but honestly i wouldn't bet against simeon at this point you look a little skeptical i'm of just it, thinking but... that is a fast mile time to be I, going I, it is it absolutely is it just depends to me how many more mile races he plans on running right yeah. to jump from 357 yes. to 353 within one race four seconds when you're at that level is like absolutely insane right I, so i'm not doubting that so no. i think we can definitely, I think we can see him, like you said, make progression. But I still think that 353 is something that, uh, I mean, like, I really hope he gets it. I really hope someone gets it. Like, I'm not saying that I don't doubt anyone, but I think it would be difficult. Yeah. And yeah. remember, hear me. I'm saying he could go after it. I'm not saying he will. Okay. That's okay. very clear because we've had conversations around other athletes on saying, will they get this? You know, it's about going after something. I'm not saying he will, but I think he's closer to it. The one final point on the on the sub four conversation is Jackson Heidish, um, first Iowa athlete under four, and I think that that state is kind of special because they value track and field athletes differently than than other states. They have Drake relays there. It's a very um, special sport in Iowa. He goes to Dowling Catholic. Caitlin Clark, the awesome character in women's basketball right now, also went to Dowling Catholic. Mm-hmm. So Dowling Catholic's been pretty good. 
uh, developing young athletes uh, at that school. So something's happening to Dolan Catholic. And <laughs> stay tuned for more. All right, let's move on to the weekend re- recap. We have uh, we had a lot of great performances, a lot of big meets across the country. Let's talk standout moments, impact performances. Olivia, let's go to you first. Y'all, I think we can't look any further than Julia Larisuente Hubner of uh, Marengo Highland out in Ohio. If you guys remember during the indoor season, she kind of really popped off because she won four titles indoors that led the team to the state title, you guys, by herself. This past weekend, the University of Cincinnati signee won four golds in the high jump, long jump, 100-meter hurdles, and the 200 meters at the Division IV Ohio State Championships. She also, with all of that being said, helped her team to be the runner-up team finish by herself. And she cleared 5 feet 10 and 3 quarters of an inch in the high jump, which set a number five all-time performance in Ohio State history. She leaped 19-11 in the long jump. She ran 24-23 in the 200 and 13-64 when dated in that 100-meter hurdle. So the fact that this woman, I don't think she's human. I know that was our caption for the weekend, but this girl is literally not human at all. The fact that she did all of that helped her team just put it out there on the map Team runner-up finish there was super spectacular. I also have an honorable mention. Shout-out to Lauren Lewis, who ran 51-17 and 22-94 at the Great Southwest Classic because her performance was super spectacular as well. A lot of good stuff. Texas-wise at Great Southwest. Mm -hmm. Ashley, let's go to you. Well, I know Liv already mentioned an Ohio athlete, but I'm going to keep it in Ohio, and I want to talk about Caleb Nastari here. He is a senior out of United in Ohio. He clocked a U.S. number one performance in the 800 of 148.3, and that's also an Ohio State meet records, and he won a D3 title with that performance. And, you know, Nastari is one that I feel like, you know, if you're looking at his progression through the season, he's one that's gone under the radar, but within the past, you know, month or so, he has really ramped it up. If you look at his progression, he started off the season at 152.77, now he's gone all the way down to 148.3. And it's its third straight performance under 150. So very consistent season for him there. And he took the indoor title back during the winter in 150. So then he also gets the win here outdoors, 148. He is a Penn State commit. So he gets to end his senior season, a senior last you know state campaign with another title and on a high note. Good stuff out of Ohio. I'm going to push it to Maine of all <laughs> places. And I got three athletes to talk about really quickly, all females. Anna Connors of Bangor won the one, the two, the four, and oh, that was, that was three events. But she, <laughs> she won three of those events en route to Bangor, claiming a third straight team title, which was big stuff there. They were the best team at that meet. McKenna Druin of Lewistown. Now, she was second to Connors in the one and the two, but she won the 100-meter hurdles, 300-meter hurdles, netting a total of 36 points herself, which is incredible. We just talked about... Uh, you know, a multi-athlete person in, in Ohio. Third athlete I want to mention uh, is my favorite main runner. Her name is Ruth White. We saw Ruth her at White. Sports uh, mm-hmm. earlier in it last year. She came in as a state leader in the 1600, the 3200 meters. She won the 3200 meters in 1044, finished second in the 1600 meters in 506, and contributed to Orono's win in the 4x8. So big congrats to Ruth White on those moments there and to all the main athletes that – uh, performed well at the state championships. All right, next subject is NCAAs. Uh, we are located in Austin, Texas. NCAAs are going down uh, Austin, Texas this weekend, starting on Wednesday. And 
They're going to kick off at Mike Myers Stadium. Uh, so we're going to go into a little bit of that. Which freshmen do we feel can reasonably compete for a title in their first season on the track? Olivia, let's start with you. Well, I know we were supposed to pick one, but I picked two because I want to highlight an event that we could possibly see a freshman sweep in. And I'm going to pick the 800 meters. So let's talk about Will Sumner real quick from Georgia. This guy was the SEC Indoor Men's Freshman Runner of the Year. And he was also the SEC Outdoor Co-Freshman Runner of the Year. And the fact that this guy is the SEC Indoor Champion, he's just been really putting out some really strong marks. And he was seventh at the NCAA's Indoor as well and he currently holds the second fastest time in the NCAAs right now with a 146.20 so I feel like Will Sumner has just been putting out some really great performances really great times and really like against it's hard to do that as a freshman right like the fact that he's competing against seniors right now and really putting himself out there is just really showcasing the talent that Will Sumner has but I also want to talk about Roisin Willis of Stanford we're huge Roisin and also Will Sumner fans as well but Roisin went 202.51 at the West preliminary round just last week or two weeks ago. She clocked a 201.97 to finish second to Juliet Whitaker at Mount Sac, which is her fastest performance. However, this girl was going into this meet. She has the ninth fastest time this outdoor season, but we can't exclude the fact that she's also the indoor NCAA champion when she ran a 159.93. So I feel like Roisin and Will have just have that talent and they have, and we've seen them throughout their high school careers. They have that experience and they know what it takes to compete at such a high level that I feel like we're going to really see something special. So look out for the 800 meters because we might see a freshman sweep there. Whitaker? She's not in. She is not. She's not, she's not in not the eight hundred. No. Yeah, she didn't qualify for that. She, I think, ran the fifteen hundred. She, she did not qualify. Yeah, out of I think the, she ran the fifteen hundred yeah. at the West Prelim or whatever prelim she was in. So mm-hmm. she didn't even run the eight hundred. So fastest time in NCAA this season. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Ashley, let's push it to you. All right, I'm going to take it to the field, and guys, this is a familiar name because she's. I know we saw her last year, I believe, at Adidas Outdoor Nationals, and that's Kenna Stimmel. She's a freshman out of Virginia Tech, and I think she could realistically shoot for a title in the women's pole vault. She's out of Margareta High School in Ohio, and she was a multi-time state champion, kind of a legend there in Ohio. And her freshman year has already gone extraordinarily well in the pole vault. She was fourth at NCAA Indoors with a 14.5 and a quarter clearance there. And she took fifth at the East Preliminary Rounds, you know, just you know a couple weeks ago to advance her to NCAA Outdoors. And her season best is 14.7 and a quarter, and that ties her for fifth best in the country, you know, out of all these ladies. So I think especially in an event like the pole vault that's very technical to be at the top of the NCAA already as just a freshman is, I think that's pretty remarkable. And so I wouldn't be surprised if you see, you know, Stimmel going through the rounds and as the competition goes on that you still see her, you know, clearing heights out there. So those are freshmen that we believe could compete for titles. Let's talk about the biggest race to watch this weekend across the NCAA landscape. Uh, Olivia, let's go to you first. Yes, I'm looking forward to the four-by-ones this week, both men and women's. And need I say more, these national titles, they all fell, not national titles, national records fell this year. And so can we see it happen again? I feel like when you're at that NCAA championships and the stakes are high, the weather has been, the weather actually is looking to be super nice uh, throughout the course of this week. But Texas women have just been on a whole different level, 41-89 in Oklahoma, the Big 12 championships. Like, that is a huge accomplishment there. So I'm excited to see what they do at their home track here, and they train on it every single day. And 
there as long as they get the stick around those girls are going to those women are going to be in for a special treat but i'm looking forward to the men's especially because we've witnessed lsu and also florida really go after it at the sec championships and that's when the national record fell with lsu running a 3790 florida was second with the 3793 to be number two all time there so it's going to be exciting to see these two powerhouses come together once again in texas so they're going to meet once again on the on the track High schools can barely break 40, and you got NCAA teams <laughs> running 37 line. Wow. That's, uh, that's how you mature as men out there. Mm-hmm. Ashley, what about All you? right. The, the event I'm going to be personally watching, I think, has to be the women's 400 because you have one key figure here, and that's going to be Britton Wilson out of Arkansas. You know, she has dominated this event all season long. However, she's going to be try to, she's going to try to do something very, very special this weekend doing the 400-meter and 400-meter hurdles double, guys. And to give you a perspective on just how difficult this is going to be with the turnaround, so if you're looking at the finals, you know, assuming everything goes right, she qualifies for both. The 400 comes first at 9.02 p.m. Central Time on Saturday. And then the 400-meter hurdles is just 25 minutes later, and that's going to be at 9.27 p.m. And so that's just to go from running an all-out 400 to another one later with hurdles. Like, I'm just going to be curious to see how it goes because, again, she has dominated both the 400 and the 400 hurdles this entire season at the Division One level. We've seen her do it before. You know, if you're looking back at the, you know, the preliminary rounds, she ran 49.51 for 400 and then 53.71. That's just remarkable. You know, so she's done it before. I'll just be curious to see if she can do it yet again, you know, really when it matters the most at NCAA Outdoors. I think she does it. I think she, she does too. it, too. I, I have full faith in her. <laughs> Last segment of the day, we're going to finish out with the New York State Outdoor Championships. Uh, final meet on the calendar in New York. It's a big season of big performances uh, and top action in the state. Big names like Carrie Beloga, Angelina Napoleon, and Kate Putman. We, we all know they'll make a difference at the state meet. But beyond those names, who do we see as having big weekends ahead and why Ashley? All right, I'm going to shift it to the field because I want to talk about Matthew Abel out of Warsaw in New York, and he's going to be in the discus and the shot put, and he's going to be the favorite in both of those events. He won both the shot put and the weight throw at the indoor state championships in New York, and so now he's looking to add his first outdoor state title of his titles of his career to his name. He's a Clemson signee, so he's a senior, so he's going to want to end on a high note. Again, he's the top seed in both events. He's gone 61 feet and a quarter for the shot put and 188.3 for the discus. And he's also undefeated in both events these indoor seasons. So, you know, he's going to be the guy to beat. He's going to be the guy that everyone's watching out for. He's the only guy in New York this season to throw over 60 feet in the shot. Only guy over 180 in the discus this season. So I would say he's a pretty solid favorite to sweep both throws events. And I'll be interested to see really if anyone can touch him this weekend. Okay. Olivia. Yes, I want to talk about the defending 400-meter champion, and that's Wesley Noble of Bishop Lachlan. He's also a Rutgers commit. He's clocked two sub-48-second performances in this event this season, and he's his best time is 47-17, which came at the end of April. So he was really close to his personal best of 47-14, which he ran last year, and he leads the state, you guys, by seven-tenths of a second. So I feel like he has loads of strength because we saw him during the indoor season where he won that New York State Championship title in the 600 meters with a 118.35, and he was also fifth at the Nike Indoor National. So he clocked a 48.08 there. So he's definitely used to be in those high-pressured situations, and here he's looking to defend his title. And I think Wesley Noble has to have, you know, all the eyes are on him for this event. I agree with that completely. He is 
kind of an underrated star, mm-hmm. I, I think, across the nation here. I have two names to finish it out on. Jaden Spain, uh, a senior sprinter from James O'Neill High School in Highland Falls, hasn't lost a 100-meter final race this entire year. He's perfect 6-0 and on the year. He's coming off a performance of 10-5-8 at the Section 9 State Qualifier. He's got a PR of 10-4. Fourth last year in the 100 and uh, in Division Two. and I think Jaden Spain is a character in New York that could have a very good performance. Could we see a 10-3 out of him? Very seldomly do we get those kinds of New York athletes at the state meet. Jane Spain could be that person. And then on the other side of the coin, Ashley Fulton of Elmont Memorial, class of 2024. So she's just a junior. She's the top seed in the 200. She's run 24-03 this season, but she's coming off a 25-1-1 at Section 8. Second fastest in the 100. She won the 200 last year, but I think she has a chance to double this year in the sprints, uh, one and the two. So she's individual one. That's the hardest classification in New York. It's the biggest one. Most talent. Ashley Fulton has a good meet in front of her. We'll see if she can make that happen at the New York State Championships. Any other things to add, Olivia or Ashley, before we leave today? I'm just excited for this week. Busy weekend, NCAAs, New York State meets, all the things. It's going to be a great weekend. Absolutely. And next week, we'll preview national championships. Those three of them that come on the same <laughs> weekend. Come on. Oh, my goodness gracious. What are we doing? We also got Brooks PR next week, so it's going to be a full show. Stay tuned for that. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week on Tuesday.